0: All right. Let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed to get a job or to get a date or maybe that your grandmother would live and you prayed so hard and it just didn't happen and you grew disappointed at God. Or maybe you've experienced some kind of a tragedy in your life and, and you've wondered, how could God allow that in my life? Or maybe you've been hurt in the past. By a pastor or other church leader who you thought they were representing God. And now it's kind of put seeds of thought in your mind. Can I really trust God? Can God be trusted? Well, how much can you trust a person? Really? I mean, we've all been let down, disappointed, hurt. Sadly, maybe some even abused. And so it's become hard to trust You can trust someone only to the degree that you know them. So the more you know God, the better you know God, then the easier it is going to be for you to trust him. But to trust anyone, including God, I think you need these three things. That that person must tell the truth. That they're a truth teller. That they have to be, secondly, fair and just in their dealings. And thirdly, they have to be reliable, dependable, have a track record of doing what they say that they're going to do and doing the right thing. I think then and only then can you really trust someone and open your heart to them. Well, you know what? God possesses those attributes in spades. Psalm 33, 4 says, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. The Bible is clear throughout Old and New Testament. God is faithful. Faithful. There are three things the Bible says that God cannot do. He cannot sin. He cannot lie. And he cannot break his promise. He's just. He always does what is right and fair. He always tells the truth because he's holy. He always does what he says he's going to do. He keeps his promises. 2 Corinthians 20. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God, to his glory. If you know that God is always true, always faithful, keeps his promises, is just and holy, then you'll be able to trust him when things go south in your life. Perhaps the greatest example in the Bible of God's faithfulness is to the nation of Israel. And I was working on this message weeks before I'm going to share what I'm going to share with you right now. He made many promises to his chosen people and has been faithful to them. Listen to what it says in Joshua 2145. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. God has always been faithful to his promises, not only to them, but to us, to Abraham. He promised him a land and an heir, and he did that to Jacob. He promised many sons. He gave him 12 who became the 12 tribes of Israel to David. He promised him a kingdom and an heir who would be the Messiah. And that man is Jesus, who is an Israeli Israeli Jew. God's track record is perfect. He bets a thousand. He's reliable over and over again. He's faithful in keeping his covenant to thousands of generations and to Israel. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-five to thirty-seven. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun four lights by day. And the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured... And the foundations of the earth below can be explored. Then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. It doesn't depend on what they do or don't do right. It depends on God's faithfulness to his covenant promises to them. And God continues to be faithful to Israel in spite of the Romans destroying their city and their temple and scattering them to the four winds among all the nations of the earth and them surviving a mass genocide a century ago. God has been faithful to bring them back to their land, their country, their nation again. The Jewish people are in their land, the land of Israel today. Where are the Canaanites? Where are the Jebusites? Gone. And God still has a future plan for the Jewish people. And they will come to know Him through Christ. Zechariah 12.10 says they will look upon the one they have pierced. That means they are going to see and receive the pierced hands and feet and head and side of Jesus their Messiah again someday where He will establish His kingdom in Jerusalem in the land of Israel. What about today? What about us? Psalm 145.13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. Someone has counted some 7,000 promises of God in the word of God. They're almost like blank checks waiting to be cashed by us. We need to pray. We need to appropriate them in faith. But God has put them in writing and put His guarantee upon them. I want to touch upon five promises in God's Word. Among those seven thousand, and know that there's many, many more in God's Word for you to appropriate. The first promise I want to touch on is: I can depend on God to forgive my sins. And God's promises in. 1 John 1, 9, among many places, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's God's promise to you today. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, not only before you were saved, erasing all your past sins away, but even after you were saved right up to the present moment. First John 2, 1 says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I love those two verses. They're so reassuring of God's heart and his promise to us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sins. And with promises that we find in scripture, there's almost always a condition attached to them. God will do this if you do that. And you see the condition there in that verse for God's forgiveness? It's conditioned upon my confessing my sins. God promises to forgive me if I do. I admit them. God forgives me. And confessing isn't earning my salvation in some how, some way. I don't say to God, God, if you'll forgive me for this, I promise that I'll do this and that for you. Like we're striking a deal with God or bargaining with him or, or bribing him in some way. We can't put God in our debt in any capacity. And we don't have to beg and grovel. Oh, pretty, please forgive me of this sin, Lord. Just one more time. No, just confess it and receive his forgiveness. Stand on that promise in God's word in First. John 1 9 and 2 1, and receive it. So, if this is an area of struggle for you right now, that there's a sin in your life, and you're just wondering is God faithful? Can He forgive me of this? I want to reassure you today that He absolutely can and will. Number two, second promise I can depend on God to give me guidance. There are two verses that I want to highlight that promise guidance. James 1 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight. Your path. The condition for the James promise is ask. That's all. Just ask the Lord. And He's faithful. And He will generously give you wisdom if you ask Him for it. The condition of the Proverbs verse is trust. And that word means to rely and depend solely upon Him. Many times in our lives we need guidance. Maybe when we're going for a job, a change in our career. Or perhaps, who am I going to marry, Lord? Should I marry him or her? Or should I move to that distant place? Or I'm having a relational problem. Whatever it is, we need guidance. And the Lord knows that. And he wants to give us guidance. So where do we find it? Fortune cookies? Tea leaves? Our horoscope? Dear Abby, maybe she knows. No, God and his word. He's the only one that knows the future, and he's the only one powerful enough to help you and make something happen. So how do I get guidance from God? There are two main sources. There are more, but two main ones. The first is the Word of God, the Bible. Right? As I read God's Word, I see principles and patterns of how God has dealt with people in the past. And he'll deal with me similarly. We become acquainted with the ways of God. We understand his heart and his mind as we're in the word. But if you're not reading the word of God, then I could just say this. You're going to lack guidance in your life. So make daily habit of reading God's word. Find a time. Carve it out. Do that every day and ask God to speak to you and guide you through his word. The the second major method, although there's more, is godly counsel. There are wise, mature Christians out there who know God, they know his word, they've had lots of life experience, probably in the area you need guidance in. So don't be afraid to ask them for help. Go to them. Plenty of people in this church have wise guidance that they could give you. Third promise that I want to highlight this morning is I can depend on God to settle the score. I can depend on God to settle the score. Have you ever been listening or watching the news and you get mad? And in your head, or maybe even out loud, you say, that's not fair. How come they're after the former president so hard and then let the current president and his son just get get away with it? How come the rich elites seem to get away with murder and the little guy goes to jail? And you say, it's not fair. Well, you're right. It isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Remember that song, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden? God hasn't promised us a problem-free life either. We live in an imperfect world with sin. We have an enemy of our soul, Satan, who wants to tempt us and lure us away from God. Hurt people hurt people. So we're going to be hurt by people in this life. So what can we do? Do we strike back? Do we get revenge against them? Get even? Well, I say to you and to me this morning, let God settle the score. One day he will. That's why there's a heaven and a hell. One day Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth and make all things right. And he's going to judge evil men. And he's going to reward good and faithful people. It says in Romans twelve nineteen, beloved, never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And the condition to receiving that promise is to not take revenge ourselves. To not strike back. Leave it for God. Leave it for his justice. That he knows the situation perfectly and he'll do the right thing. God is aware of what people have said and done to you. And I can tell you that he cares about The hurt and pain that that's caused you. He understands all of that. Look what they did to his son. If you don't think he understands what you're going through. They told lies about him. They unfairly tried him. They tortured him. They killed him upon a cross. He knows. And yet Jesus himself said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In 1 Peter 2.23, Peter says, When he was reviled... He did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Jesus set the example there for us. So in our individual ethics, we leave judgment to God. Who has the better resources to defend you, yourself or God? Who knows the whole story of your enemy, you or God? God will always do the right thing in the perfect timing with your so-called enemy. Just give them to God and forgive them. Promise number four. I can depend on God to reward my generosity. I can depend on God to reward my generosity. The promise, one among many, is in Luke 6.38. Give. Give. And it will be given to you. Good measure. pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, the condition, the promises, Luke 6.38, God will give to you. What's the condition there? Give. Now, you know me well enough to know I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. Or the health, wealth, gospel. God isn't promising, if you give, I'm going to make you filthy rich. He's promising, if you give, he will give to you. He will bless you. If I'm generous, God rewards that heart. It's really sowing and reaping. It's all over the Bible. In fact, someone said that there are more promises in the Bible related to God rewarding giving than any other promise in the Bible. And I believe if someone isn't tithing to the Lord, giving 10% to him, they're only hurting themselves. They're not hurting God because God doesn't need your money. It benefits you to give. If you're not, you're only hurting yourself. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. So right off the top, give to the Lord in gratitude for all he's done to you. You can't outgive God, someone has rightly said. I believe that the more generous we are with our time, our treasure, our talents, generally speaking, the more blessed we will be in all areas of life. For I believe there's only two kinds of people givers and takers. Misers are miserable. (laughs) It's right there in the word. Are you miserable? Then I would say to you today, give Acts twenty thirty five. in all things. I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that we're blessed means happy. Everybody wants to be happy. You want to be happy? Then be a giver. You'll be happy. Proverbs 22, 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor. God is faithful. He will keep his promise to you if you're generous. Fifth promise. I can depend on God to remember my service. I can depend on God to remember my service. I know I love the story and I know I've used it before of the missionary couple who retired from the mission field. They were coming home And they were defeated. They were tired. They saw little fruit on the mission field. They were sick a lot of the time. Happened to be on the ship returning back with them to America was the president of the United States. When the ship landed in New York Harbor, there was a big celebration for the president. But no one was there to greet them. And so the husband was just embarking from the ship with his wife. And he was so discouraged and sad. And he was complaining a little bit about that to his wife. And she said, but remember, we're not home yet. Maybe you feel like that missionary today. You've done for people all your life. And where has it gotten you? You feel used and forgotten that no one sees. They never thank you. They never reciprocate And you're beginning to think, why even bother? I work hard and the boss doesn't see. In fact, he gives credit to my co-workers. Well, here's the promise. In Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. That promise to you is from God. He said, I won't forget you. I've seen it all. So keep working. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. These verses that I've shared with you, including that one. Every one of them have been important promises that I've stood on at one time or another in my life. And this morning, I'm thinking of many of you out there. You're not spectators. You're participants in God's kingdom. You have a history of giving and serving. And many of you, you work hard all week long. And then you come to this place on Wednesday or Sunday and you work here, too. And I have to say, I'm humbled by your service. I really am. God will repay you. You're really my heroes in many ways. And if I fail to thank you, know this, God will thank you. Because he sees and he will reward you in the next life, if not in this one. So don't quit. Don't become weary in doing well for him. But let me ask some of you this. Are you using your gifts and talents For him. Think about that. Are you serving his people? How much time are you giving to serve others? Or are you hoarding your time? No service. No rewards. It's possible that one's life could be burnt up as ashes. In 1 Corinthians 3, 13 and 14, it says each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it. Because... It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. There are thousands of promises in God's word. I've only highlighted five. I could have talked about healing from James five fourteen to 15. We could have talked about peace that he gives from Philippians four seven, or victory from 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, or your children's spiritual well being from Proverbs twenty two six. But there's so many we don't have time to talk about them all. So back to my original question of the morning Can God be trusted? Most definitely, yes. He never breaks a promise or lies to you. But maybe you would say this morning, you know what? I believe that. And I've been standing on this promise of God for a long time and it hasn't happened yet. Well, I say to you, hang in there. Don't give up. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown in the light. The mark of an immature believer. Is if he doesn't see it right away, he loses hope and gives up. The mark of a true, mature Christian is even if they don't see it, they stand firm to the very end. That's faith. So the final thing I want to say to you this morning is, God says to you, "I want you to be like me." So we saw this morning, without a doubt, God is faithful. So are you faithful? Are you reliable? Are you dependable? Are you true to your word to others? Are you a faithful husband? Are you a faithful wife? Are you a faithful worker on the job? Are you a faithful church member? Are you faithful in giving and in serving others? If you are, listen to Jesus. Matthew twenty five twenty one. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Let's pray. Lord, your word says, even when we are not faithful, you are still faithful. So we could always depend on you. But Lord, truly in our hearts, we want to be faithful like you. We we want your spirit within us to manifest itself in ways that show faithfulness and reliability and dependability and and truthfulness of speech. So help each one of us keep molding and shaping us until we're more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. This closing song has been such a hit.